Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Boys and girls, welcome back. Hour number two, five o'clock. Welcome to your weekend. Glad that you made it. We're happy to have gotten you there. All right. Are we taking credit now? And by we, I mean, I guess me. I'm the one talking. Good to be with you. If you uh, missed anything in the first hour, it's a fun hour. You can go check it out on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. You can listen there anytime you would like to. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. The podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications and Alpine Touch. If you want to call, 329-1899 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. You can also listen live on the website, 1029ESPN.com. The stream is there. The stream is there all the time, and you can listen to this show live from 4 to 6 Mountain every weekday as well. The stream available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Speaking of Opportunity Bank, it is also time for our Coach's Corner, which they present each week. Opportunity Bank, we appreciate them for doing this as well. Kane Io, the defensive coordinator for Montana State University. What is he up to? Well, let's find out. Well, we are happy now to go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line and welcome in for our Coach's Corner, D.C. over at Montana State University, Kane Ione. Kane, thanks so much for being with us, and I mean this sincerely. How are you? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm glad to be here, and I'm doing well. Um, you know, as we touch base initially, I'm a little bit kind of, it's kind of an eerie thing right now for, I'm sure, a lot of coaches out there that are kind of de- dealing with the same situation where we just are kind of like, okay, now what? 
And so uh, it's it's different having an August where I actually have some time, and, and um, that's what I'm trying to figure out is, okay, what do I do with all this time in August? What is this thing called August? I mean, it must be a bizarre experience, right, because not only your coaching days, but then going back to your playing days, I mean, this is what, the first time you haven't been engaging in a fall camp in August since, what, you were like 14 years old? <laughs> I was trying to think about that the other day. Like, okay, when was the last time I was not involved in some kind of fall camp? And it would have been, yeah, probably um, seventh grade when we were still doing, I was still doing little guy football at that time, so we didn't really have a fall camp. It was just weird. Uh, we had September football to look forward to, but nothing really in August. So that was kind of the last time that I didn't have some kind of fall camp activity. So I looked at the date today. I was like, really, August 20th what or 21st, whatever it is? Today. I was like, wow, what? What do I do on on August on a Friday and August twenty first? Well, I think that uh, when you observe what's been going on in the world for the last six months, this has been something that we were at least preparing for, maybe not expecting, and yeah. certainly not hoping for, but thought might be a reality with the postponement of football season. But I mean, as we've talked about with Jeff Choate and coaches just around the Big Sky Conference, probably the most frustrating part was just how the needle kept moving back and forth. And I, you had to feel so bad for the players because, I mean, these guys, sometimes they can work out, sometimes they can't work out. Nobody knows what what's going on. I know you've always been a player's coach. How much concern have you had for your players during this time? And, and what sort of things have you tried to do to help maybe remedy all the uncertainties that's swirling around? Yeah, and that uh, you're 100% hit on the head as far as just the – for me – Everything that we did, any decision that was made, as long as the decision was made with the best interests of our student-athletes in mind, I was good with the, the decision. And so that, that was the frustrating part is that it just didn't feel like there was ever a, a, a really defining moment of this is the decision that we're going to make until um, how many weeks ago now or a week ago or whatever it may be. And so just keeping those guys kind of in flux all the time and, and our schedule having to be changed on any given week, any given day, literally living 24 hours to 24 hours, it was hard on those guys, man. And, and um, I really felt like our staff did a great job. Obviously, um, we've got tremendous leadership with, with Coach Choate, and um, he did a tremendous job of making sure our staff always kept engaged with our guys. And um, it to me, there was a lot of positives. There's always positives. That's kind of my thing is, is kind of that silver lining and finding a silver lining and and being able to find ways to connect with your guys outside of the realm of football through this whole thing. And, and um, I think that presents another new challenge for us uh, going forward as coaches now in, in August, as we talked about not having fall camp to prepare for um, and not having a really a season to prepare for in the near future and just trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to make sure our student athletes are still getting the best experience they can as student athletes. And so, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that challenge and, and uh, looking forward to being able to go, you know what? And I told my guys this over the course of summer uh, when the possibility was out there and we had those conversations with our players multiple times. And uh, just I told them and, and made that promise to them that, hey, regardless of if we're playing football or not, I'm going to do everything in my power as a coach to make sure that you still have the best student-athlete experience possible. And I'll expand my ability as far as not just teaching you X's and O's, obviously, but as coaches, we always talk about that, how uh, football can teach you so much about life. And so this is a great time or a great example for us to be able to do that. And uh, I'm looking forward to that type of challenge of just being able to, hey, let's figure out different ways in which we can 
uh, take advantage of the fall, take advantage of, of providing an experience for our guys in the fall. That's going to be a little bit different than they're accustomed to, but uh, it, it, we're going to make it fun and challenging and uh, make sure that, hey, when we do get ready to go again, whenever that may be football-wise, our guys will be geared up ready to roll. Ken Ione joining us, defensive coordinator at Montana State. Uh, Ken, this is a leading question, but it may not seem like a leading question, but with Justin Udy being you know, there as the offensive coordinator now, how important is it for the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator to be on some sort of same page, or are they completely separate entities? The offense does what it does, the defense does what it does. How much overlap is there? <laughs> uh, it, there's a, there has to be a lot of overlap. There has to be, man. We've, we've got to be on the same page all the time. Um, in order for a team to be a true team, you can't have a separate entity of the defense over there. They're doing their own thing and the offense doing their own thing. Um, and that's what so I'm always curious. This, and UD has been kind of a part or seen a little bit of that as far as uh, with like a Mike Leach team, right? You think of, okay, that to me seems like they are just completely separate entities. Uh, and they've got their own thing going offensively and defensively kind of doing their own thing. You've heard those stories. And, and uh, for me, I feel like you have to be uh, just really emphasize the team part of things and make sure that uh, us as coordinators are always moving the needle within our group towards the same path, right? That the arrows are always going in the right direction, uh, both defensively and offensively. And so, um, and it's been awesome being able to work with Coach Udy in that regard over the course of this time and, and figuring out ways that because uh, every day, I mean, we're, again, we're challenged with what do we do in order to make sure that our guys are still focused on the big picture, but on a day-to-day basis, we're giving them things to do in which they can get better. And uh, so if he's doing one thing, I better be on the same page and make sure our guys defensively are doing something in that same regard and vice versa. And so that way it's not – it never turns into an offense versus defense or, or um, well, they're doing this and why aren't we doing that? So we've always – we've got to be on the same page every given day. Well, and that kind of answers the, the, the next question that it was a lead-up to was, you know, the operation together but with a guy who – even though he's now going to have been there for almost a year, won't have even coached mm-hmm. a game at Montana State. Like, how, how, <laughs> yeah. how can you continue to learn? Do you need to continue to learn, or where is there a barrier where you're like, look, I know as much as I can possibly know at this point about what Justin Udy is <laughs> going to do, and until we actually get on the field and start doing it, we kind of we would just might as well play some video games or something. <laughs> and that's actually a great idea. Uh, maybe him and I <laughs> should, should play against each other and, and get a Madden competition going. Um, and, and just kind of get a feel for how we're managing games and, and things of that nature. But no, it's, I think just getting to know him over the course of this, this time and him and I have had to have multiple conversations, um, you know, as far as practice structures, how we want to do things when we were gearing up towards fall camp and uh, when we're gearing up towards spring ball and, and all these things that kind of went away eventually. But uh, we, we have had multiple conversations on how we want to do things and structure things and, and uh, had conversations as far as uh, philosophy and on his side of the ball and, and vice versa. And so I feel like we're on the same page in a lot of ways, but as you alluded to, you, you never know until um, the live bullets are going and, and we get out there and, and have to actually go through a four quarter game 
to get that real feel for uh, play calling, management, all those good things. But I feel like just over the course of all the conversations that we had and how we've struck, structured and done things, I think we're in, we're in a good in good place. Um, and then obviously the, our head guy makes sure that <laughs> he's going to make sure that we're on the same on the same page all the time as well. Well, I know you guys uh, not engaged in fall camp like you would like to be, but you did get a few sessions in before the whole thing got called off. Did you see any glimpses? Did you have any impressions of your guys just for the brief amount of time you did get to spend with them these last week, last couple of weeks? Yeah, man, I, I was. We were very fortunate that we did kind of have a plan in place and, and were able to implement some things um, through the last how many weeks of July and then the first part of August before uh, the decision was made. And you could, we got a great feel for where we we were at as far as the older guys, the veteran guys, uh, and I feel really good about how our guys are responded. Uh, obviously, our position coaches, um, kudos to them and props to them over the course of this entire time. Uh, the meetings that they've had over the course of uh, starting way back in the March, all the way through the summer, and and how they've able to incorporate uh, some football, but also obviously just keeping their guys engaged and, and just connecting with them because I really felt good about where we were at as far as our knowledge of our defense, our execution of our defense, and as far as our true core DNA stuff. And so I feel we're even ahead or well ahead of where we were last year uh, at this time, at the same point, as far as fall camp is concerned. And granted it's, it's you know, you get a year, a full year of football under your belt like we did and, and we're together through the playoffs and those extra practices for playoff, I think definitely help. Um, but I, I really felt good about where our veterans were, are, were at. And then we got a great glimpse. And I think that was a big piece of why we wanted to do, get some ball in before everything came down uh, was to get a glimpse and get an evaluation of some of our younger guys, uh, including the red shirts from last year's uh, freshman class. And then this year's incoming um freshman class and we got a great chance to see them go out there and perform and do some things run around and just physically see how they were and then also get a feel for mentally what their capacity was going to be for us and and uh, got some really good evaluations man and and um i'm sure every coach in america is going to say hey we're 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 awesome we're going to be great uh, but uh, I, I really feel just over the course of those couple weeks we got some really good stuff done and very positive uh, going into uh, this fall as far as whatever this fall is going to look like going forward. Well, that's my next question. The NCAA on, I believe, Wednesday afternoon approved uh, 12 hours a week of practice time to begin sometime in mid to late September. So obviously everybody's going to figure out a way to utilize that in some form or fashion. But I guess the question is, so much of football is the the lead up to and then the reward of performing on Saturdays, and that will not be the case yep. this fall. How do you keep yep. guys motivated, and what do you hope to get out of the fall session uh, when you guys do commence on that section of the, of the I guess, what is still the off season? Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's going to be a lot of different ways that people are going to go about this, and I, I think for us, uh, a big piece of this this time is making up for some time that we weren't able to get over the course of summer. Uh, and you talk about those important months of leading up to a season. Uh, some of the most important months is really that May, June, July period of, of those training blocks um, as far as the strength and conditioning piece. And because of everything that was going on and kind of the, hey, you're on, you're off, as far as the workouts were concerned, we just didn't feel like our guys got that time that they really needed to physically be in the shape that they needed to be to, 
to even go out and have a season this this fall. And so, and via the, the few practices that we were able to get out there and run around and do some things, you could tell that we weren't quite to the, the physical conditioning that we're accustomed our guys being to or being, being in. And, and so I think getting a consistent training block, that's one, that's number one goal for us over the course of the next uh, couple of months is to give them a, a training block of, Hey, here's six weeks that you are going to be in the weight room uh, four times a week. We're going to get you um, conditioned while we're going to build that foundation of strength. We're going to start working on that conditioning piece and kind of really gearing up towards whatever that fall ball piece as far as the actual practice are concerned. And then again, looking forward to, okay, when is the actual um, season going to commence, right? Uh, and then in between that is, is an advantage to take a, a, or a time to take advantage of the culture piece and the leadership piece that, that are all such valuable assets and pieces to every program and for us i mean and we've hit about this or hit on this quite a bit and, and talked about this a lot as far as the importance of culture um and how we feel like that's what really has helped our program take that next step and is going to continue to push us to where we want to get to is, is the culture piece and so we're really going to take some time again to look back on what we've done in the past how can we improve that what are some things that we can implement to make this experience, like I said, a special experience in the fall, nonetheless, regardless of having the season of the game, we're going to have something to give these guys in order to make it a, a full, true experience that they that they want and need and to get something out of that. And so that's kind of how we're going to go about it. And then at the end of it, when we, we are able to sit down and schedule out our, our practice time, we'll, we'll take a look at that as we go, as we progress. But uh, the first piece is really starting to get back and, and build that foundation of strength and conditioning and, and to really continue to emphasize our foundation of our culture. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. It has recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Ken Ione joining us on the Opportunity Bank Coaches Corner, defensive coordinator at Montana State University. Ken, this is a broad, just sort of coaching, maybe even coaching philosophy question. When you're leading into a season, mm-hmm. the only way you can ev- evaluate guys is in practice, right, and see what they do and, 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 yeah. and that. But then when you start playing games, now you have this, and that's where it matters, right? That's where the rubber hits the road is game day. How yeah. how 
What's the percentage or how big a deal is the evaluation? Is it primarily done in practice for you or how much of the, the, the game day, you know, gamer type of thing do you go, okay, well, this kid, I don't know what he does necessarily Monday through Friday, but Saturday he's ready to roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the gamer piece for football in particular is a myth. Um, I don't feel like there's there, you can go out there on, and just flip a switch and all of a sudden become this great player on game days and not having not have created habits, build skill through practice and through continuously just honing in on your craft, right? Um, and so it is a tough piece for to be able to say or truly know what you have as a team or as a defense or as an offense when you don't necessarily know who you, who your playmakers are at this point, right? Like we, we have a, a good feel for the guys that have, as you said, well, they've done it. We've, we've watched them on game days. They've proven over and over again over the course of practice week in and week out, day in and day out, that they're going to be a consistent performer. And then on game days, we saw that as well. And so at this point, that's, uh, like I said, every coach is going to tell you, we've, we're getting a really good team. We like what we saw on paper, um, but it's hard to truly predict what you're going to have as far as um, replacing certain playmakers and production at certain positions until you actually go out there and start watching guys uh, do it on, on a consistent basis. Um, because you'll have some guys that may show up on uh, the first Saturday of, of whatever season, and then the next Saturday they're not there because they haven't really um, developed those uh, continuous habits of practice and, and, uh, built that confidence to where they can be there on a consistent basis. And so, again, uh, I don't believe in, in the gamer mentality or philosophy. I don't think that we could go up or, or play a game tomorrow and I could tell you exactly who's going to be the guys that, that uh, are going to be the playmakers for us minus the select few that, that did for us last year. And so that's that's the tough part right now is is – without having that true evaluation, without having that true final exam on Saturdays, it's tough to tell you who are going to be those guys um, whenever our next season comes around. The year-round calendar of college football now, it's become um, so omnipresent, and it just seems like there's hardly Mm -hmm. any break. One thing leads to the next thing, but there might be a silver lining here just in the ability to train because I know that, you know, there's these systematic times when you can, but a lot of times the training peaks right before fall camp and then it's almost just an erosion of guys' bodies until they get back around to winter conditioning. So do you feel like your guys maybe can hit it hard in the weight room right now and get themselves a little bit ahead compared to where you'd be in other years? Definitely, man. I I think – like I said, I'm, I'm a positive individual who tries to find the silver lining and everything. And I think there, that this will definitely be a, a that will be a, a big silver lining to this is there'll be some guys that just flat out needed this time for their bodies to, to get it back to where they need to be. Uh, and I know I'm sure every program and team across the country has those guys that, that, Hey, uh, whether they're fifth going into their fifth year and have just gone through four fall camps already up to this point, their bodies. I mean, you get beat up over the course of that time. And so having a little bit of a, a break as far as that fall camp is concerned in a season and, and really being able to get back into the weight room and train uh, the way certain guys need to or just take some time uh, physically and, and do some physical rehab and whatever it may be, there's some definite uh, positives and pluses to that um, depending upon, again, when, when we decide to get going again as far as uh, when the season will be actually in place and when um, – 
we can start practicing again. But I feel like we can take full advantage of, like I said, giving our guys a consistent time of training block, six-week-plus of training block time, and then also giving some of those guys that really need it some time to recover, get their bodies back to where need be. Maybe they're coming off surgery or whatever it may be. We'll have some time to get our team back to really full strength going into whatever, uh, whether it's the spring season or the following fall season. Ken, you mentioned it's sort of an eerie feeling being August the 21st. And, uh, you know, the obvious <laughs> upside is you get to do 30 minutes with Tutel and Nuwana's. So that's a huge benefit that wouldn't <laughs> exactly. have been there. Um, but obviously, I mean, on one hand, it keeps rolling. And in a certain way, you have to be pretty inventive right now. And so I think there's a lot of thought mm-hmm. and talk that's going into, you know, your life professionally right now, maybe in a certain way, even more than other times, but also we're kind of, we're paused, right? We're sitting here kind of going, well, what's going on? So for you personally, like, what do you think the next month, two months, three months has in store? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great question, man. I think uh, for me, like I said, uh, I I look at this as a tremendous opportunity for, for our profession in, in particular, to take advantage of this time and, and to really start to uh, pick apart at, at our, our format and how we're doing things and the structure of, of which of, of NCAA football and, and um, in this coaching profession and really start to find, find a way to, um, and I don't want to steal a, a Biden uh, um, candidacy deal, but to build it back better essentially. Right. And so that's what I'm going to try and do is, is take this time to make sure that, hey, I get a little extra time to obviously really dive into the X's and O's of what we're doing offensively and make sure that that's going in the right direction. But more importantly, the bigger piece is to figure out a way to um, connect with my players on an even better note, to uh, figure out a way to find different avenues to which we can teach these guys some, some different lessons in life beyond just the game of football because we always talk about that as – as football coaches within our profession is, hey, this is this is more than just football. We were teaching these guys life lessons. Well, this is a perfect life lessons to be teaching our guys that uh, not everything's going to go your way all the time, and you've got to figure out a way how to respond to adversity, right? And so there's so many lessons and things that we can do to make this time um, even better than than what it normally would be. And so, uh, and then on a personal note, just. Hey, I've got uh, I've got two kids now. I've got a two year old that uh, is bossing me around as if, um, you know, <laughs> that sounds right. I, I come yeah. home and yeah, exactly <laughs> right. And even any of you out there, there's listeners out there that have two year olds, you understand the the attitude and, and the mentality that two year olds have at this point. And so, um, but and then I have a young six month year old as well that, and so we're taking full advantage, or I'm taking full advantage of of that opportunity that I normally wouldn't get in August, September, October to really spend some quality time with them. And, and, um, and when I say build it back better, as far as our profession is concerned, we can really look at this time to figure out a schedule in which as coaches, we can be better as far as that balance of life and figuring out ways in which we can take advantage of these zoom meetings and these technology that we've now had to utilize over the course of this time where we are away from our players and away from each other, but still we're able to get a lot of work done shoot, let's utilize that thing, those things and lessons that we've learned in order to push our profession even further and better to where we can have a balance of life. And it's not the 15, 16 hour days over the course of the season, um, just grinding and being in the office just to do that. And so for me, that's kind of my, the challenge that I've put forth for myself 
and uh, for our staff is to um, obviously make sure our student athletes are getting the best experience we possibly can, make sure that we're always taking a step in the right direction every day as far as our defense and how we're going to be when, when, the, when the smoke clears and we're able to get back to um, playing the game we all love, and, but also finding ways to do things in a more efficient manner, in a more uh, life-balanced, uh, happy medium manner as well. And so that's kind of how I'm, I'm utilizing this time. Well, Ken, I'll tell you what, we sure appreciate you taking the time to be with us. And uh, obviously, we're all hoping uh, to get back as soon as possible. And we'll look forward to, to that when the time comes. We wish you the best in the uh, in the interstice here and uh, and the best over at Montana State, figuring out how to how to build it all back better. Yes. <laughs> no question. Well, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the time as always. And it's always fun. And uh, let me know. Hey, I got some time on my hands, so let me know any time you need me. (laughs) Monday it is. We'll be back. Uh, We'll be back with you. We need help here too, Kane. You know what I mean? I'm just sick of talking to Coulter. There's no doubt, right? You need some substance. You need some things. Well, well, let me know, man. I'll I'll figure out some things that we can talk about. And I can go into any other topic you want to talk about. I'll dive deep into some stuff. Love it, man. Appreciate the time. (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You bet you too. Kane Ione, defensive coordinator, Montana State University. Always great to uh, catch up with uh, Kane. And uh, the couple times that we've gotten to talk with him, uh, you know, you, you, you know about guys, right? Obviously, I mean, he, he's the second time on the coaching staff at Montana State. One of the great players in the history of the program at Montana State, but also just a, a, a great guy to talk to. Always uh, fun to catch up with him and kind of hear what's going on, and, and uh, just gives it to you in a pretty straight out, plain way. It seems, uh, you know, it's digestible when it comes from Kane and I own somehow, like where you're like, yeah, I, I, I believe this man when he's speaking to me, which is uh, which is nice. I like Kane. I mean, the influences of his life are, are uh, he. He himself such a unique, great guy to talk to. He's been my number one guy since I started covering the Cats because he's been the the one consistent figure there. And he's a young guy. I mean, we played in City League Hoops together for years and because uh, he's, he's such a great athlete, so fun to compete with. And uh, but I wouldn't think it was that fun to compete with him. <laughs> well, if you're on the other team, it's not any fun. That's what I'm yeah, saying. No, definitely not. But uh, it's so cool when people – they project certain elements of the mentors that they've had. I mean, Kane Ion's dad was a great high school coach in a variety of sports when those guys were coming up. No surprise that I think that both him and his brother went into coaching because his dad, Cass, is a legend. I mean, he's – I've never been to a, a – I mean, I've been to so many sporting events all over Montana, and there he is, Cass Ion, hanging out. Guys, backpack on, ready yeah, to go. Yeah. Such a great coach and mentor to a lot of guys. But then, you know, he played for Ron Lebsack. He played for Mike Kramer in college. Yeah. And you can hear those things in his voice too. But then the time he spent with Pete Kukowski, who was his, his defensive coordinator at Montana State these last couple of years in Washington, and, you know, then being around Jeff Choate and the relationship that he has with Sonny Holland. And he, he's just – he's a guy that has an elevated sense of gravitas despite being a young guy i think that's why he's always risen to leadership roles in his football life and uh it's always a pleasure to have him on the show because i think that he's an exceptional coach we were talking about coaching styles earlier and you know sometimes there's the passionate guy the fiery guy the yeller there's the teacher there's the players coach and kane is the guy that has has the highest level of intensity without ever boiling over and losing his temper that i've ever seen he's always high energy never berates you Mm. coaches you in in an intellectual way at all times and he's a phenomenal teacher that's why he's had multiple multiple nfl 
All-American type linebackers, and now that he's coaching safeties, I expect. I mean, they, they had one of the best safety pairs in the in the league last year, and I expect that to continue uh, going into this year and beyond. Can I own? The uh, subject of our coach's corner is brought to us by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Appreciate them for bringing that to us. We'll take a quick break on the other side. It's Friday. we got to have some fun, right? Our dear friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, she is up next. Kurtz Polaris, they got two locations in western Montana. Great spots, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in the heart of Sealy. The weather, beautiful spectacular so get outside get off road get up in the mountains get on the water dirt bikes beta and husqvarna they got them brand new top of the line top of the industry also the side by sides you got fun you got people you want to take them around friends from out of town you want to show them around the state you're not going to see the state from the streets people you got to get out in it get a side by side a general it'll haul as many people as you need that thing you get their quick, fast performance rigs with the Razor as well, or you want to cruise around, you can see it from the lake too. Beautiful place to be out on the water. Crest Pontoon Boats available at Kurtz Polaris. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, in Missoula and again, Highway 83 in Sealy. Summer the way you always envisioned with Kurtz online at KurtzPolaris.com. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> it's it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house, you left it in my house, and I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. You know, your football's delayed, your... Soccer, volleyball, whatever, who knows? Basketball, in some cases, is delayed already. This is the longest I've ever got without playing basketball. This all pales in comparison to Rage Against the Machine being delayed until June of 2021. 
Which then also pales in comparison to the fact that I'm not going to the Gorge to watch Dave Matthews next weekend. First of all, that is a disappointment. I'm not going to begrudge you that, but you are completely twisted around if you think there's any comparison to be had whatsoever. Have you been to Dave at the Gorge? I have. You've that's never all, been, I know. That's all I, know. I want to I know. hear from I know. You, I've, been, okay? I've been honing in my uh, Gorge-going experience, though. Mm. And um, as uh, anybody that listens to this show regularly knows, I get incredibly hot, particularly when I sleep. <laughs> if you've been to the Gorge lately for any sort of big festival-style concert, you realize that what they deem uh, as camping is not camping. It's sardine packing. Yeah. You. <laughs> You, it's. I mean, yeah. I, if I wanted to sleep next to sixteen straight, I mean, get get out of here. Yeah. So yeah. we were going to have a whole new plan this year. We were going to go stay in Ellensburg and mm. do the adult thing. You know, get an Airbnb, drop a couple bucks, but sit in the air conditioned house, swim in the river. Yeah. You know, enjoy the bookstore. Yeah. You know, you don't have to crack the beer at ten a.m. just no. to stay cool. You can just ease in and just have a nice little adult like experience. And I was really looking forward to it because last year, I mean, by the time we were driving home. I could have drank 10 gallons of water without, I mean, with, with no repercussions whatsoever. I was so dehydrated. It well, was so hot. I'm very happy, actually, that it's been delayed for two reasons. Uh, one, I have this to look forward to for yet a whole year uh, out uh, more. And also, in theory, I can get into better cardiovascular shape because uh, there's a good chance I just pass out cold about song number two if I don't prepare properly. Uh, what are you doing for training? Well, you know, it's, a little, it's a little early for training for a year no, it's out. Never you know, you early. Hit, it's never too early. Guess. You want to hit your peak. Uh, you know, I'll probably get started right around June 5th. Mm. Get a couple weeks of uh, mm-hmm. of walking in and call mm-hmm. it good. Uh, boys and girls, it's Friday. Let's have a little fun. It's Friday. Hallelujah. Let's have a little bit of fun with somebody who knows nothing about what it is that we do here. And that's kind of the point. It's the chick who doesn't know sports. Brought to us by the Iron Grizz over on South Avenue at the University Golf Course. Hello, Carolyn. Hello. Nice to see you. It's so clean in here. Well, we've been doing work. We got new TVs. Our speakers work. It's a very, very nice work environment that we found ourselves in here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. NBA playoffs are happening. NHL playoffs are happening. Major League Baseball is happening. Why you you look like you're not ready to talk about any of these things? Well, I have some breaking news. Oh boy, it's pretty exciting. I I love when Carolyn thinks that breath. it's breaking. Uh-huh. Even she read about it somewhere. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. All right, go ahead. I can't even believe the attitude I'm getting right now. This is serious business. Have you done this segment before? Why I'm can't you believe again. this? The tables have turned. Usually you're coming at us. Now we're coming at you. I have breaking news. All right. From the tennis world. Oh. I am back on the courts. Oh, Carolyn. You? Is back on the tennis courts. I have, I have visual evidence of this only because I spent all day with Carolyn and she can't walk. <laughs> this is true. Um, it's because of the soreness. That's yes. what happens. You, you when waited you, till you know, the middle of, of August retirement. to go play tennis, huh? I've been playing a little bit, and then I played a doubles match. Okay. Um, I meant in a flex league. Was it mixed doubles? No, ladies. Okay. Although with my mouth on the tennis court, there was not ladylike at all. Who is your partner, or uh, is it is it switch? No, it's my friend Amy. Okay. And um, we were hitting some tennis balls, and she said, "Carolyn, let's go. There's a flex league. Let's play some doubles." And I was like, "All right." And then I realized I hadn't played a doubles match or singles for that matter in over 20 years. Okay. Did you play in college? 
I yeah, played for a that? year in college. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. My my sister played for a year in college. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Does she? She doesn't live here though. With so Omar Vizquel, right? Balls. She did play. She did play tennis with Omar Vizquel. <laughs> and listening. then went to Denny's. <laughs> Well, when she comes to visit, I, I want to hit she's some balls. On the other yeah. side of the globe. Shout out Omar. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, she lost that match. Notably, she also lost to me. Well, we won. Thank you. Congratulations. So, what is a flex league as opposed to just so a league? So generally a league would be like every Wednesday at 530 you yeah. go and you play a match and then you're done. Yes. And because of COVID and, you know, just trying to keep people distanced and yeah. whatever, you just set up your matches and play. Okay. We have another match coming up against some pretty tough ladies, so I'll keep you guys in the loop. I know everyone's on the edge of their seat wondering. Thank you. So I'll report next week. Uh, that was that was riveting stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, listen. It was fun. Man, I hope that you don't have anything else than that. I hope that you came and that's in it. and just... Have a great weekend. <laughs> I have a great story. Okay. I don't know if you remember, I was talking about the NBA bubble and how maybe it needed some ladies in there. Okay. Well... <laughs> Here's why. Rookie from the Seahawks got cut after he was caught on video trying to sneak a woman into the team hotel dressed yeah. in team gear. Yeah. I saw this. That's amazing. Is it? Yes. Well, which part is amazing? It's that just, he tried just to do it? All of it. Just all of it. I mean, wow. If they had just created a bubble with some ladies... Now, here's what I'm going to say. Now, I don't I don't want to hear about the ladies bubble, but what I what I will say is I don't even I don't recall this this kid's name. I don't know that he was even drafted. Um, Obviously, if you're really committed to making the team, then you do the things that you're supposed to do and you don't do the things that you're not supposed to do. However, if you think your window of being a Seattle Seahawk and an NFL quote-unquote football player is about two months long for your whole life, you might try and ride that wave oh, a little interesting. bit. You know See, what I, I mean? I would actually work hard and try and stay on the team. See, that would be that would be that would make sense. That's just me. And uh, you know, you okay. live and you learn. But I'm just saying, like, if you thought that you were pretty much a long shot, and you know, you. You can't introduce yourself as "Hi, I'm such and such. I play for the Seattle Seahawks." But the but the once in your life, you know. Maybe that was the only way he was going to get the girl to come. Oh, the hotel. interesting, the, interesting. Hot take. Did I not make that clear in everything that I just said that we had to actually just go and open the door and explain it to everybody? I thought I was. I thought that was pretty obvious. That's Ride the not, wave and everything that's not like what that. I, heard. I just. I. I don't know. I heard something totally different. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> what? I mean this this could go straight into like marriage counseling, right? I here, thought you were taking, saying well, you're like, going to need that after RV people's over. What's next, Bucta? <laughs> Man alive! Oscar De La Hoya, yes, the boxer, wants to get back into boxing. He's he's working out. Okay. He's, uh, old he's back in the show. 47. I have a better idea for him. Okay. I think he should go into wrestling, throw on that fishnet outfit. That could be his persona. When you say that fishnet outfit. You don't know? He has one? Yes. He got caught, air quotes, dressing up <laughs> in fishnet stockings and high heels 
And oh, there's all these pictures of him. This is from like don't even want to. This is like 15 years old. This news. What's amazing uh, is that that wasn't the thing she wanted to talk about. She went right through that as if, of course, everybody knows that everybody Oscar knows Ayla was in fishnet and high heels. Everybody knows that it was all over the news. Maybe it was you guys, not all over the news. It might have been all over whatever it is that you watch. It, it was all over the news. Yes, I promise. You. It ain't the news. Google it. It's in there. Uh-huh. It was a huge Lots news of story. Lots things are in there when you Google it. <laughs> my wife said that my son's breath smelled like Vaseline, and she was mortified, and she Googled, my child's mouth smells like Vaseline. And you know what came up? A hundred million hits. So if you <laughs> Google it, it's in there. Yes. Okay. Well, it happened. Okay. And um, he was ashamed. He tried to say it was photoshopped. It wasn't him. And then he came out a couple years after and said it was me. But he had a substance abuse problem and blah blah blah. I mean, it's a really beautiful picture. He's in fishnets all the way up to his chest. I mean, he, he's he, got underwear on, like girls' underwear. Like. He's got high heels and he's got his boxing gloves on and he's posing. I mean. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's a piece of art. Am I the only one? I don't find that problematic (laughs) at all. I've had plenty of costume days for fun and laughs. Are there pictures of you in fishnets? Not in fishnet, but I mean, there's some. I mean, I don't consider them compromising. I consider them wonderful pictures. Like a French maid's outfit. Oh, who knows what? Some (laughs) high, high shorts and some high, high socks. Well, this was a long time ago. This was like 20 years ago. This happened. It was a different time. People were like in shock. Well, it is Oscar De La Hoya. I yeah. mean, you don't probably expect What's that. the best Halloween costume you've ever worn? Best Halloween Oh, when I was Austin Powers. Mm. So good. I had you would be teeth. a good Austin oh, Powers. Oh, yeah. In fact, we were at a bar, and it was like only girls can dance in the bar, so I got up and was dancing, and they kicked me off because they thought I was a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, it's me, Carolyn. Uh, no, it's me, Carolyn. They were like, oh, okay, it's fine. All right. Uh, so What's anyway, the best Halloween what costume was the... you ever wore? Oh, man. I... <laughs> I'm so bad at Halloween, man. What? I really don't. I'd much rather dress up. You on obviously a day when have it's something. Not dress up day. Oh, I have a lot of goods. I used to go all out on Halloween. One time, I grew a giant handlebar mustache and bleached it blonde, and then got a custom-made blonde wig. Hulk Hogan. It was Hulk Hogan. That's good. Yeah, went fake tanning for about a month leading <laughs> up really, to it. You really? You're like a method actor. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I, that was when I was <laughs> taking every supplement they could tell me at the store. I, 22 inch pythons. We oh won the uh, we oh won the uh, we won the costume contest though downtown. It was pretty great. My buddy was Macho Man Randy Savage. That's fine. We had our we had Hulkamania shirts. We had the custom sunglasses. I think you should post that on. One Instagram. time I was uh, Vin Diesel from uh, Pitch Black. Shaved my head. Got custom made goggles. Completely bicked my entire head. What? Yeah. Have you ever been Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Nope, just no. Ryan Tutel. Mm, good, good. <laughs> I went as Moses for Halloween for about eight years between the ages of three and 11. Moses? That's good. You get the one costume, then you put the robe back on, and your shekel's made of tinfoil, and you walk around and try and get an apple out of a bin of water. What else you got, Carolyn? Tiger Woods is now a caddy okay. to his son. Did you hear about his son? He I, won a I, junior I, golf heard tournament. You did hear about his son, office, yeah. Um, and all I can say is that poor kid, because he's going to have to, if he goes into golf, he's going to be Tiger Woods' son the whole 
Well, you know what? Time. If he doesn't go into golf, he's going to be Tiger Woods' I know, son the whole time, too. But, like, every time he plays a tournament, it's there's that, that's a lot of pressure. This is why I didn't go into geology like my parents. I don't think it's that much pressure. I think it's completely overblown. I think, it's, I think it is perceived by people who are parents imagining what it would be like to be Tiger Woods' son. But you know who never saw Tiger Woods be great? Tiger Woods' son. Okay, but we got we got to talk about this when we, when it comes to LeBron James's son. This is one of my LeBron James's son is like in college almost. No, no, now. he's in high school. Okay, but this is one of my biggest gripes with the national media. There's this ever present narrative that LeBron James is going to play in the NBA until his son plays in the NBA. Why the hell is his son going to the NBA? Right, right. His, he's not LeBron James. He's not. I mean, he's like he's going to probably go play college basketball. But dude. Like 10 guys go to the NBA every year. They draft 60 and like 10 or 12 of them totally. make teams. The, this foregone conclusion that LeBron's son is going to somehow make the NBA. Dude, like, dude has a long, 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 long ways to go. go. Great point by you. That's a great take. And I 100% avert. I mean, like, think about some of the dudes that we watched. The Like, Admiral Schofield, for example, is a like, first team All American guy. He got cut. In the NBA, like totally. Carson Edwards from Purdue, can barely make an NBA roster. Like you're gotta be so balling to make the NBA. That's what I'm saying. That's think of the pressure on that kid. Right. So I'm just saying that the national media needs to pump the brakes because they all keep saying, "Oh, when 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 LeBron's sons in the NBA." It's like we need when. It's like it's if. like it's like my kids in tennis. I mean, how are they going to follow <laughs> in my shadow? It's like I'm just not going to even yes. put that on them. The very long shadow cast by Carolyn in her flex doubles league. That's right. Yes. I mean, my my name's on a few trophies up right. in Michigan. I mean, it's a it's a thing. Mm. It's I got a certificate for hitting plaques. on the uh, floating green at Coraline Golf Course. Yeah. Once. So I mean, like these Excellent. are the things that we have to think about as parents. Thank you, Carolyn. <laughs> The chick who doesn't know sports. Brought to us by the Iron Grizz every single Friday. Boys and girls, the Iron Grizz is a great place to sit, have uh, a meal out on the uh, patio or inside right there at the University Golf Course. Great food. They're growing it in the garden right out front. And if you call right now, 361-3688, 361-3688, what are we going to give them, Coulter? We got a free appetizer and a free bottle of wine at the Iron Grizz American Bistro. Bang. All the appetizers are, are delicious. They have uh, such a great wine selection, too. If you can't quite finish the whole bottle, they'll even let you take it with you on How the way that? out the door, too, so you can go finish it with a little nightcap. Uh, so go check out the Iron Grills American Bistro, 515 South Avenue East, right at the base of Mount Sutton, one of the most beautiful restaurants in the entire Garden City, attached to the University of Montana Golf Course. Go check out the Iron Grills American Bistro today. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. If you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. You tell Nuanas, rate, review, subscribe. Appreciate that. Uh, podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications and Alpine Touch. If you listen to the podcast, you'll also know we really just did four segments today, and 
the end of each hour was exceedingly brief because we can't shut up. I'm sorry, Tommy. I still think you're nice. I'm never going to get this radio thing down. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.